I am Dom. There it is, the snap. It's never going to stop. Nope. He, he's got a strong snap. He already shifted the paradigm of what Mario's voice should sound like. That was goal one for Dom. He, he completed it. Now it's, hey. now, it's, now it is for him to replace the clap for a sync with a snap. And it's, it's catching on, Dom. Oh, see, I thought it was Dom was going after the much envied role of Thanos. Oh. Now that, yeah, even though Endgame is done. Yes. That character arc is done. Dom's going for Thanos. Well, you know what's popular in movies now is uh, fans not liking them and wanting to remake them. <laughs> so I think what I heard was people were not happy with the snap. They didn't think it had the gravitas that it should have. And they want to they want to CG replace it. And Dom, you're. You're trying to get that role, right? Yeah, well, you know, like I said, like I said about my Mario voice, mm -hmm. it's something you've never experienced in your life. Mm -hmm. But once you have it, you're going to really appreciate it. And that's how I feel about the snap. And, uh, you know, raise the money. Yeah. Well, show Marvel, show Marvel that you've raised three million dollars and it's worth doing. I got a tagline for it. You don't know what you got till it's Dom. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There you I, go. I gotta admit, I've been one of the people um, on the internet pushing for remake Endgame. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't satisfied with the amount of ridges in Thanos' chin. Yeah, there were too many. Little, not enough. I wanted. I okay, wanted too little. I wanted for every sin that Thanos had made, mm -hmm. there to be another wrinkle <laughs> oh, in his my chin. God, he's like a tree, but for sins. Yeah, for sins. That's what I thought it was. Uh -huh. and, and I want them to redo it with just a lot more chin flaps. And Dom, I think you should take over Josh Brolin's role. Hey, I'm into it. He's got um, he's got the bod. Dom's got the bod for it. I've got the bod, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's been quite insane these past two weeks. I just I don't want to go into great detail, but I've got the bod. That's all. You got I'll the say. bod. I well, will tease you've been taking um, platinum supplements, so your skin is slowly turning silver. It's not purple, uh, yeah, but I'm, it's closer. I, I, I am poisoning myself, but I look <laughs> beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you know what I realized in just having this conversation is a uh -huh. snap is just a tiny clap. <laughs> it's just the wow, wow. You're right. It's just like it's the most minimal clap we have. It's a tiny clap. It's they they boiled it down to one finger. They were like, you know what? I can do that with one finger. I don't need to use both the hands. Great, it's like a it's like if Bruce Lee were to reinvent the clap. Like he's like use the most minimal amount of surface area and the minimal amount of distance. It's like his tiny punch that he has. You know? Yeah, and it's got sure. greater effect. Yes. Snaps are very loud. Yes. Sometimes you hear a clap and somebody freaking slaps a wet fish almost. Not yeah. a, not actually, you know, I use the wet fish because like that's how you would describe a bad handshake. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if you slap a wet fish, it would make a great clap. So I take that back immediately. No, I mean, okay. this follows up, Dom. I mean, if you're if you're at a jazz club and or someone's doing some poetry slam mm -hmm. and you, you don't clap for them. You snap your fingers over and over, which is just a bunch of tiny applause. It's polite yeah, and in, applause. and in fact, that's it's almost like it's got the same frequency as a golf clap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, you couldn't be slapping you couldn't be slapping wet fish at the rapidity that you want to be at a jazz show. That would be insane. No, you don't. You would just disrupt it to to. Well, certain jazz you can, depending on the mood. Sure. Other jazz you want to snap. Maybe like a hard um, a hard bebop. Yeah, hard bebop, a bit black blaring of some <laughs> some some phones in your in your face. Hold on, uh, 
I, I was just reminded by that of uh, Chad's new catchphrase, which I can't remember what it is from our Camp Goosebuds, our most recent one. I think it was zip zop zoop it a zoop, right? <laughs> zip, <laughs> zip zappy something. Did I come up with that? I don't remember that. I mean, listen, you, I said, you said some 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 iteration of zip zap something. That was your catchphrase, Chad. You don't <laughs> that remember? That came out of the ether. I channeled it. I don't even remember it, but I'll, I'll own it. Sure. Zip, zop, uh, zip, it, zip. I think it changes every time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about like how you could improve. Listen, it was a fine movie, but La La Land, if mm-hmm. during all the jazz sequences, mm-hmm. it had just been Emma Stone hitting a table with a fish over and over. Like, oh my. Like everybody had a bucket next to their table with some just fish bodies in it. And you just grab yes, a fish body I, out yeah. and start slamming it. That's like a lynch. That's like a lynch scene right there. There's something there. I don't know. Don't you remember in Blue Velvet when he goes to see her saying Blue Velvet? Everyone pulls out their dead fishes at the end and starts slapping it. And then the fish start like you zoom in on the face and it goes. <laughs> I did not see Blue Velvet. You're the only person I know who saw that film. <laughs> I've watched that movie. Uh, I've, see- I've seen it as well, Chad. Surprise. <laughs> you, ah, you got me. <laughs> Chad, of all the people in your life, I think Dom and I are the most likely to have seen Blue Velvet. It, I, th- I guess I thought it was Blue Valentine. I didn't realize those were two separate movies. Oh, very different movies. What is Blue Velvet about? Like a fabric man? <laughs> fabric man. Uh, 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 he's closer than he thinks, Dom. He is. He is closer than he thinks. You know, Chad, it's interesting. Today we're talking about Welcome to Goosebuds, Hello. by the way. Yeah, Welcome to Goosebuds. Uh, uh, it's interesting. I just realized... We today are discussing Say Cheese and Die Again. And this book, one thing this book does a good job of is being faithful to the first. Mm. The characters are back. They even they even recap the the happenings of the last book in one in the very first chapter. It's great because you don't have to read the first book. You don't. And um the this writer was keen to it. Um and Something one of the first things that happens with the camera in the first book is someone takes a picture of a car, mm-hmm. and then that new <gasps> car is oh in my. a car accident. Chad, yeah. Chad, did someone? Did you take a picture of your car with a haunted oh, camera? Oh, too. Um, I, 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 I'm suddenly thinking back in my reality. Listen, I do take a lot of just like, well, they're not photos as much as like, um, haunted car fo- selfies. Ha- haunted car <laughs> selfies. Yeah, you know, like that. With but more like portfolio spreads, like pull like uh, centerfolds. Wait, hold on, Por- portfolio spreads, comma centerfolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a full like a fold out photo set, but it's like me on top of the car with like a fog machine. Yeah, you have like an you, you have your icy hot stuntas pictures that you're doing. Yeah, I don't if, know. If I next next portfolio I look through, if there isn't a centerfold where it's just a long photo of the person I'm interviewing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will be very disappointed. Yeah, I sent you guys. That's that's Chad's picture right there. Icy hot stuntas, true pimping, baby. I don't know if anyone remembers that 2001 meme, Icy Hot Stuntas. I don't know this meme, but I'll describe it. It is three uh, white boys hanging around around what looks like like Honda Civics. I think there's a Mitsubishi Eclipse. That's one of them. Oh, good recognizing. It says True Pimpin' by Icy Hot Stuntas. Is that a real thing? They're, they were a cool group of guys back in 2001. Like, here's another great one of them that says Get Crunk. Is this a Philadelphia thing? I, I don't remember this. You guys did not remember this from the internet. No, I don't want to bury I, the lead. Okay, sorry. Go on, Chad. I'm the lead. Let's. We did the long version on Camp Goosebuds. Mm-hmm. So if you want 
to know more about Chad's experience, if you want to know in greater detail the pain and struggles he's been through with yeah. this episode, yeah. go ahead and listen to Camp Goosebud. Subscribe to our Patreon so you can hear Chad's pain. Yeah, you know what? Some people don't like us to go on tangents too much in the beginning. They want us to talk about the books. We hear, we've hear we heard the, the complaints <laughs> from a couple people about that. And you know what? If that's how you feel, then you don't have to pay the extra dollars to go listen to our awesome story, Chad's awesome story about how he took a haunted selfie and how it resulted in mayhem in his life. Yeah. My car was murdered by ghosts and also a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, 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 the, for the regular Goose Buds. For the real Goose version, Buds. For the, for, the, for the real Goose Buds. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, for the real Goose Buds version, uh, let's give the two-minute version, Chad. Oh, I, I just gave that. That's all the teaser you're getting is my car was haunt, destroyed by a haunted drunk driver and he is still at large because he's a ghost. The cops couldn't catch him. It's really scary yes. that he's, a, he's at large because he's going to prey upon other people's cars at some point. But, well, but he has also, to get yeah. another car because he doesn't have a car. Oh, and he true. left behind his his pants uh, hanging on the fence. Uh, Do you still have them? As he ran from the cops, even though he was a ghost and he's still wanted. Did you take his pants? As evidence. Oh, did I take the pants? I yeah. think the pants went in the car that was impounded by the police. Damn. I have not been able to find it because I would like to you know, know about those pants. I want to know what those pants sizes are so I can identify the criminal. You have the beginning of a cool, like, personal investigation that you could start that would probably lead you down some really dark and fun paths. I mean, yeah, here's I think here's what I think the lesson of my uh, completely losing my car and getting no refunded from it. And please, everyone who listens to Goosebuds, make sure you have collision insurance. Yes. Uh, an uninsured motorist. That's the lesson to learn mm-hmm. is is there's a low level of crime mm-hmm. that I think we need to talk about. There's a there's a low level of crime. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it white collar crime, but I would call it uh, you didn't murder anyone and no one with a lot of money got hurt. Mm hmm. That is essentially a lower level of crime where the cops just don't really care. It's poor's crime is what happened to you. You had a poor's crime happen. A poor's crime. I had a a, a plebeian two plebes crime. Two plebes crashed into each other. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> a plebe crashed into an innocent sleeping plebe whose car was parked outside his place. I just want to clarify. You should have been wearing your Blue Lives Matter onesie. <laughs> Then, then they would have ran for you. They would have busted out their guns, started firing at the ghost, chasing him uh, if they saw your Blue Lives Matter onesie. I like that he's yeah. officially a ghost at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, he must be. He might be dead. Honestly, we don't know. He, he, may, been... he may have died of exposure in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> Pantsless wandering the Hollywood Hills. I know the people on the next door app from my neighborhood are very litigious. So listen, uh, that that's a whole thing. Yeah, so uh, so to sum things up, uh, we're reading Say Cheese and Die again, not the book again, not the first one. We're reading the new <laughs> one, Say Cheese and Die Again, and Chad has lived a part of this book. I have lived a part of this book, yes. but that's an interesting thing with this idea of a, a, a photo machine, a, a camera, if you will, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, destroys you. I Listen, I just want to say, is this a book... Mm-hmm. This is about the entire tire story. Are we talking about the the franchise of Say Cheese and Die? I, I don't know. I guess just this one. I had a memory of the first one. Like Dom, you were already talking about how it it was you know an, it was aware of the first one. Mm-hmm. It tracked the story pretty well, but you didn't have to read it. I felt like the first book, uh, the concept of a, a camera that shows you your death mm-hmm. 
was handled more interestingly than this one that just goes random fates that aren't necessarily death. Does that make sense? Well, the first one was the first one was like that too. Well, yeah, it was kind of like that where it was like it will show you a glimpse of the future, but it will always be bad. Yeah. And it's and and in fact in reading this it reminded me, oh, I was like, yeah, this is a pretty fun mechanic and then I thought, oh, that's right. This is from a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. There's a Twilight Zone episode where they have a magic camera. I think they're bank robbers and they they rob something. They use the camera to tell the future and ah. they, they they were able to like foil something and rob money. And um the at the ending of that episode is someone takes a photo of someone and then they fall out a window and the the yeah so this happens this is from a twilight zone episode i'm with you reading this one i thought back to say cheese and die and i realized that's the fourth book that we read the fourth episode of this podcast and god that seemed like a good start right guys like that we were reading these books there were some stinkers in the beginning but but the fourth one children killed someone and we were like okay yeah children murdered somebody And and like we need to reiterate that they literally murder a man at the end of Say Cheese and Die. And at the beginning of this book, they're okay. Everyone mentally is fine. And the kid, the main kid, Greg, who's also, I think, the main child from the first book, right? Yeah. Uh he, he thinks it's a good idea to give a book report about the t- the summer that he murdered a man. Uh, well, in front of his the, whole this class. is a this, so. This is a report where he has to tell a true story that happened to him. Yes. So and what the, what story could he tell? What 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 kind of story could he tell? What story? Oh, you know what? I should tell the story about the time me and my friends found a magical camera, and <laughs> I'll confess to a murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he does, and the, and Teach doesn't buy it and gives him an F. Now mm-hmm. I think. I think well, that's... I, I, I just one important detail. Yeah, he was about to tell the part of the story where they take a photo of a homeless man and kill him. Yes, he <laughs> was getting to the murder part. His teacher cuts him off before the murder part. Uh, and you know what? I think that Greg is a stand-in for RL. I think RL's a little upset about people's reviews of his story. Well, let's think. Says. Let's think about this even a little further. Mm-hmm. He's this kid. If this, if Greg is RL. He his arch nemesis in this in this book is Mr. Sour. Oh yes. Oh my god. The embodiment of Sour himself. Good point. Yeah, that's what it that's what the, his name is. His name is Mr. Sour. They the kids call him Sourball Sour. Yeah. And Which when I was I'm reading sh- that for whatever reason, I was thinking of Crybaby Gum. You remember those? Oh, the I gum, do remember the gum oh, balls that are sour. Yes. No, I only knew Warheads, but oh no, I do remember Crybaby. Crybaby, yeah. Crybaby's a little different. Same thing, but pretty, pretty different. You know what was real good is Tongue Splashers. I was down with those. Never had. That's a tongue not spl- real. Never. That's yeah, not a real they, thing. It, it, they came in a bucket, and it was like it'll dye your tongue a, a color. Tongue Splashers. Um, yeah, they just have a lot of dye in them, so oh, they change. It. Okay. It's just concentrated food dye with no. Flavor. Oh my god! It comes yes. in. A, you're right. It comes in a legit bucket. Isn't that bucket cool? That's. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Uh, so just to set this, just to set the the context, if you didn't read the book with us, yeah, yeah. We're, we're following Greg, who's from the first book. Yes, and his friends. And his friends make an appearance. Uh, Sherry, Bird, Bird, Bird and Sherry, and Michael, Michael, the non Michael doesn't make any good jokes. Bird looks like a bird, and Sherry is the girl that lives next door to him. And Bird sucked in the first one. If yes. I remember right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think Bird was a Bird or Michael that gets beamed in the fucking head with a baseball. I'm pretty sure that's Bird. That was right? great. That was a great moment of that book. 
Oh well, yeah, it was enough. satisfying when that child almost died. Yeah, there is there is head trauma in this book too. <laughs> there is, there is. <laughs> okay, well, just just yeah. to explain this this concept we're talking about that that at the beginning of the book, Greg is giving. Did it say what the point of the report is? He's giving an oral report. They don't tell you until he fails. It just had to be a true story, yeah. right? That's what mm-hmm. I that's what I took from it. That it, it was like what happened over the summer. And Basically, it was real. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a story device that di- I've never actually seen in real life of what happened what I did on my summer vacation. It's great because you mean you've never seen it in real life or never seen it in yeah, a Yeah, I've never before. had a class or or no, thing where anyone actually actually reported what they did for their summer vacation. No, it's per but it's like perfectly suited for this because it's like, oh well this is just the device for me to explain the first book real quick to the kids. It works out perfectly for him. Sure, 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 sure. Uh so he's gi- he's giving this to Mr. Sour, which like you said, Dom, his name is Sourball by all the kids. I'm sure that is totally the tamest name that they came up for him in real life. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not at all that Mr. Sore, which I thought Sa- was a dinosaur. S- Sourball, yeah. S- Sourball, which probably in- into sixth and seventh grade turns into Sourballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. It oh, immediately yeah. becomes Sourballs to just balls to just inten- incredible gay panic names. It could have <laughs> been he could have been Sourpuss. And then, you know, it could have evolved from there and gotten a little cruder. But I'm glad they went with balls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the, 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 the restraint these kids had. I'm glad, yes. I'm glad they stuck to their own sex, these shit, shithead boys that live that are in. Well, they spot. killed someone, so they're a little older. Now. <laughs> That's true. They're, they've so, grown. Yeah. Well, Greg is is telling this story and, and doesn't seem to have any regret over killing a person. No, you know, he's this... about to, he's about to just, uh, blithely let it out in front of his class. And, and <laughs> maybe he was going to deal with it at that time, but Mr. Sour stops him. Well, he, he, he even, I mean, he even just, he, he sees it as an opportunity to get a surefire. A he's like, Oh, this is a great story. I'll yeah, tell he, this. yeah. He loves to take advantage of, of murdering somebody and use it to get a good grade. Yeah. So instead of, instead of Mr. Sour going, Boy, oh boy, I'm glad that any kid in my class has creativity and right. imagination. Okay, Chad, I'm with you there. In in most uh, classes, I think even if you made up a story like this, it was so ridiculous, like such an insane story, that wouldn't you be like, you know, that's not true, but uh, you're creative as hell, kid, so here's an A. Yeah, uh, you got to remember that most teachers just got the job as a teacher because they were like, ah, it's dependable, it pays well. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> a lot I don't, of teachers I, don't I had any, grow- I don't know that anyone that I know who's going to be a teacher <laughs> feels that way. But go well, on. nowadays, well, it's different. It's different now, <laughs> okay. obviously. But okay. when this book came out in 90, I don't know, three. 94, um, yeah. Was it 94? Oh, sorry. No, this one was 96. The first one was 94. 96. Well, even so, I mean, you know, like, of course, when we were growing up, we were there were people who wanted to be and became teachers but it was more of a dependable thing sure going going to school in the 80s right um and you know so anyway regardless i've had some very bad teachers in my life yeah <laughs> they, and this they, guy they, this guy was uh, one they, of them. you know I, I will say just uh not to go into great detail but everybody's dealing with some shit and not everybody deals with it in the right way and sometimes they take it out on children the so. mr sour <laughs> Mr. Sour is an evil teacher, and we we should go through the story because at the end he does some truly evil things. Okay, all right, him. sure. Let's. Yeah. So Mr. Sour sucks. We're we're aware of that, and he uh, he pops Greg he gives, an F. He pops Greg an F real quick at the beginning of the pops, story. Yeah, hit him, hits him right in the jaw with an F. Pops him an F in the face, and Greg is 
is just taken aback because Greg, this is great. They set up the, he sets the motivation perfectly here. Greg wants to go to California this summer to visit his cousins, but he can't do it unless he gets good grades. So he has to fix this F because this is a major part of his grade for this class. It's 50% of the grade. If he fails this, he's going to flunk the class. He can't go to can't go to Yosemite in the summer and see the awesome, beautiful vistas. Again, not to get too much into the flaw the flawed school system, mm-hmm. but if an oral report that says <laughs> tell the truth is a vital grade for uh-huh. your semester, the education system's fucked up. Uh, is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's 50 percent of your grade. And That's admittedly, what he said. <laughs> failing failing. I mean, maybe you know the teachers like this is the. Uh, a report where you just have to get up and say a, a not a lie and that should be worth 50 percent of your grade that seems actually kind of fair now that you put it that way chad yeah did, did you have did you guys ever have classes where like the bad example would be your teacher just goes uh there's three assignments this semester each of them is 33 percent of your grade and you're like did you just not want to like grade stuff like yeah. did you just want to not do work mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. De- i've definitely had those before definitely i mean that is a way that is a way that teachers get around grading children and being involved in the process it's like ah you'll just do three grades mm-hmm. yeah each, each one is vitally important to your success anyway so so he's prompted to go get the camera he says okay prove this shit to me right mr sour tells him you can show if you can show me the camera and show me that it does evil shit like you lied and said it did I will give you a better grade in this in this class. I don't even know that. Does he explicitly say that he's going to fix no. his grade? Isn't he kind of more just like whatever you say, Greg? You fucking liar. Yeah, he kind of likes that he already he already failed his one of his students. Yeah, he's like oh, he's like done. With, he's completely given up on Greg. He's got a big old hate boner underneath his desk, but he has to hide it so he doesn't get lose his job because yeah, it's yeah. not sexual about the kids. It's just I love it's destroying just, children. Yeah, it's the power pa- it's a power, power bone. Yeah, it's, it's a, a power, power boner, boner for That's sure. That's scary, yeah. and those are scary. Those are scary. They are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so pretty immediately, he uh, goes to Greg. Goes to lunch. Meets his. We meet us meet up with his friends. We're introduced to. The bullies, Brian and Donnie, yep. who yeah. uh, they call Sumo 1 and Sumo 2, which is mean. This whole book's got a lot of fat hate. I gotta say, it's got a lot of I'm, fat hate. I'm glad it. I didn't read this as as a child. I think it would have probably had some strange effect on me. Yeah, this was, there was a lot of, uh, like, very, like, thinner. Like the movie Thinner, I and mean, we'll oh get, yeah, we'll get oh, we're going to talk about Thinner. We're we'll going to talk about we're going to talk about Thinner. But this book, like Thinner, has a ton of fat shaming. I forgot. I mean, fat shaming has always been a thing, but in the mid to early nineties, fat shaming was huge. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's bad. I have a tape uh, of a. It's a knockoff of uh, Goonies. It's called Treasure, uh-huh. and uh, there's <laughs> That's uh, a bad name. <laughs> it's it's horrible. It's like the lowest budget version of Goonies, but like they do a carbon copy of Goonies. They've got Mama Fratelli. They've got the 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 two other bad guys. Uh, there's a chunk character who is overweight, but the kids make fun of him. He's never like the source of comic relief. He's just the target of comic relief. And so, uh, yeah, the movie's full of jokes about overweight children. <laughs> It was a it was a hard time to be chubby in America in the nineties. Yes, I don't know if it's yeah. any easier. But no, it's no, still... it's probably. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Touche. Uh, well, I just want to say, I just want to say that their bullies, Donnie and Donnie and Brian or whatever, are uh, are also in the class while he's doing his his presentation. 
Yes. And I, did I read it wrong? Or was their way of bullying just putting their fingers in their nose? Yeah, making funny faces. Well, I, you know, uh, you might be... I don't think they are bullies, actually. They, they have one bully moment in this book. Or two. Two bully moments. But, but <laughs> Paul doesn't know if they're bullies. But I don't know if they're bullies. <laughs> They've got two bully moments. <laughs> I think they do come down and and push them down a couple times. I think but... Donnie and Brian and Brian are just uh, are just two husky boys that are just trying to figure stuff out. They got some hormones hormones going on, and they're just trying to have a good time in school. They're bored. That's all it is. Okay, they're just acting out. Okay, they do come up to they do come to him at one point and like make a camera pose, right, and say say cheese and die, which is like. It's cool because it's the titular they, line. They are aware of the title, whatever you know. It's a, it's it's becoming the canon of the world. Mm-hmm. And my, I kept having this thought both with the story and with kids referencing it, but like other kids experienced this. Like, yeah, it's well, weird. The other three children, uh, yeah, Michael, Sherry, and Bird, uh, are so scarred from their experiences greg ha- has disassociated with himself and he is well because he's the killer he got to feel yeah, right he, he felt it he was right. like ah, the power <laughs> it changed it changed to greg greg changed but everyone else okay. is scarred by it and greg is i again i think if he had been allowed to fully tell his story in front of mr sour's class he might have had to confront those emotions but he didn't get a chance to i yeah i guess i was just expecting at some point when mr sour you know brings up this whole thing There'd be easy for any of the kids to be like, I mean, Bird is paralyzed now. Like our our friend Bird that we all go to school with, yeah. he is unable to walk because a baseball hit him in the back of the a bat hit him in the back of the head. Right. Like, uh, yeah, this is a really insensitive story you're telling here, Greg. Or we all believe it because everyone can't stop talking about how like a guy died. Right, but then nobody knows about the about the dead man. They hid his body. That's true. I guess they hid the body. No, they did tell the police about the body, but I think the the police hush-hushed uh, it a little bit. Yeah, when they're going to the house where the man was dead, I was like, there should be a body there. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, someone used to live here. Uh, well, uh, I guess they ran away. They ran away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... They, they're in they're in lunch. They're doing the lunch thing. Like you said, he gets made fun of by Donnie and Brian. They make some mocking gestures towards him. Yada, yada, yada. Greg. <laughs> Paul, does, Paul still doesn't, doesn't know if they're bullies or not. I don't know if they're bullies <laughs> or not. I haven't seen enough evidence. Greg and Greg, Brian and Donnie are okay in my book still. Uh, Greg tells his friends he's got to find the camera. None of them want him to find the camera. Again, they witnessed a murder together. They're all still processing it. Uh, Greg decides he's going to sneak out that night and go find the camera at the Kaufman house, which is the haunted house where they first found the camera in the first book, and also where they committed their murder together and hid the body. Uh, Yes, the mm -hmm. basement where the murder took place at the scene of the crime. Yeah, I was going to say, I made a note that uh, Greg is returning to the scene of the crime. That is... Yes, which which killers do. Mm -hmm. Which killers killers do. do, Yeah, either for, uh, out of uh, regret or lust, they return to the scene of the crime. Chad, you're watching Mindhunter as well right now, right? No, I'm not watching Mindhunter because it shows fucking boring. No, that but. show's awesome. <laughs> Whoa! And, but but they talk. I haven't seen it. I don't have an opinion. It's a good show. They it's 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 scary. Anyways, they. <laughs> but exa- exa- the first season, she's just laying food out for a cat, and then nothing happened. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Exactly, but exactly <laughs> what you said book. is true. They return for their own sexual gratification or to relive the power, and that's what Greg is doing. <laughs> Uh, so it's for to get their power bone back, as we said earlier. All right, yes, so the 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 despicable power bone. Um, before before we go forward here, mm-hmm. there is a chapter that happens right after lunch, and I'll just read the beginning of it. Okay. The rest of the afternoon, I barely heard a word anyone said. 
I think I had a spelling quiz. Oh, right. I think we played volleyball in the gym. I think someone slammed a ball onto my head. <laughs> Did it hurt? Did I have to leave the game for a while? I really don't remember. <laughs> and then, uh, and then later, and then later, he's <laughs> he's not paying attention in class, and the teacher thinks it's because he got smacked in the head with the volleyball. So again, as Dom and Chad, you've both pointed out, there is uh, another reference to uh, potential brain damage to a child. Head uh, trauma. Head trauma. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, that for I believe that that head trauma is also a factor in um, killers. Is it? That's well. That, I think that was it was a old hypothesis. I don't know if it's uh, if it's real or not. Well, I, I think you want to. I think no matter what, it's safe to say you want to avoid head trauma. So Greg is going to the house. He after his getting hit in the head with the volleyball and his very weird day of school. He decides he's going to go to the house. He goes to the Kaufman house in the middle of the night, pitch black. There's no house. It's gone. It's been demolished. The whole house is destroyed to the ground. It's been razed. Even the basement has been dug up. Everything is gone. A child comes and screams at him and lifts a board over his head to potentially finish Greg off what the volleyball couldn't do earlier to maybe finish the job. Uh, <laughs> but he, can, he he doesn't hit him because Jonathan, or sorry, Greg realize, uh, lets him know that he is not the person who apparently has been sneaking into the into the into the area to steal old stuff, but a young boy like the person holding the board, another young boy named Jonathan, whose dad bought the house. And Jonathan and his dad only exist to be there uh, as a uh, as a well. We'll show what they what the only reason that they are there is for this one thing that happens here, and then they're not relevant to the story again pretty much but they do they do set up a chain of events that continues throughout the book which is uh chapters ending with a camera flash yes yes well so he jonathan says that they they had discovered the camera an old weird looking camera and uh the the people that were you know demolishing the house threw it into a giant dumpster which greg jumps into and begins to uh to shuffle through and disgusting shit is in there and he finds a uh, a pair of yellow eyes staring at him uh, and grabs where the yellow eyes are, and it's a dead raccoon, quite possibly one of the most disgusting images in a Goosebumps book. He pulls, yeah, I, I found that to be very gross. It was foul. Me too. He pulls the dead raccoon out of the trash. A sour-smelling raccoon a corpse. A sour-smelling raccoon corpse. Throws it, and then behind the raccoon is the camera, which I they didn't say this in the book, but I'm going to say it. The, the camera accidentally took a picture of the raccoon and murdered that raccoon. Yes! That I had this exact happened. same theory. I had this exact same theory. Uh, a a raccoon, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like a la Endgame. Yes. Uh, uh huh. Yes. Yes. Or crawling around, <laughs> crawled around in the wreckage over a dead body that was about to be, you know, taken out by the construction. Yep. And and accidentally pushed the photo button. Took a photo of itself. Mm -hmm. The camera killed the raccoon. The camera killed that raccoon. Greg found it disgusting. Or counterpoint, yes. Animals are better pe than people. The animal could sense it's the camera's evil nature and sacrificed its body. Much, I like, like that. The, yeah, much like the primes did to <laughs> the evil prime in Transformers Two: uh, uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh -huh. They all piled their bodies on top of the bad thing and died. They they jumped on the grenade, if you will. Yes, totally. Yes, the, that raccoon was trying to take one for the entire earth team and a goddamn hero yeah i love that raccoon it's disgusting that its dead body showed up in this book but i love it <laughs> i love the raccoon itself so he finds the camera but 
Like you said, Dom, a picture is accidentally taken of Jonathan. The photo develops. And what do we see? Jonathan's got a nail through his foot. And <laughs> that seems likely to happen considering they're on a demolition ground right now, right? Yeah. Pretty pretty one-to-one. Yeah. And it happens. Can I ask you guys a, can I ask you guys a question? When, when, you, when you read this part, what did you picture the photo was? Mm, I don't know what you mean. Go, go on. Elaborate. I guess like the picture that depicted the nail through his foot. Were you picturing a uh, like a close up angle on oh. just a foot with a nail through it? For me, it was comically he was lifted in the air like Goofy, holding his foot with both hands, <laughs> like a physically impossible position for his body to be in. And there was a there was a word bubble that said "wahoo" <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it was it was cartoony as hell in my head. Yeah, okay, I was picturing uh, something similar. I uh, I. Stepped on a nail when I was a kid, Ooh. so I just thought about that. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. It's Tom, okay. I'm laughing, and I'm laughing about it. But no, I, I, I shouldn't. I, thought... I shouldn't have been hanging out near that dresser we were throwing away <laughs> and that we were smashing. No, I, I, I had a, I had a thought about when I, one time I went to summer camp, uh, stayover camp, and there was this kid. Before I got there, mm. uh, this is not too long of a story, I promise. Okay. Like before, before I got there, there were several weeks of the camp, and this kid in my cabin had like went out in the lake and stepped on a nail mm-hmm. uh and it was clearly a big deal and they like got his ba- foot bandage up uh-huh. but this kid was determined to make his identity for the entire summer the kid who stepped on a nail like why would you want to do that <laughs> i don't know every conversation and i only know this because i knew this kid only as a kid who talked about it uh-huh. was yeah you know uh my fo- oh, like on a hiking trail it's like Ah, I think I'm walking pretty well for having stepped on a nail last week. Or we're listening to, uh, you know, some Christian rock, and he's like, ah, oh, oh, those nails on the cross must have hurt. I probably know because you know, <laughs> I, I stepped. I know on what a, Jesus felt like. Yeah, I know. What it, like it was just everything became about nail through the foot. He had his own stigmata. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just saw this future for this kid. Also, like this is going to be the defining moment of his life. Is this nail? That he, I, I I would imagine that at some point he asked people to call him nails. <laughs> I like that. That's just my guess. Well, now officially, John Jonathan in this book, John is nails from now on. That's his nickname. If he shows uh, up anyway, <laughs> nails himself goes to the hospital. Yeah, runs off with his father, leaving. Our our boy Greg with the camera, right? Go ahead, uh, Dom. Carry along. Okay. Yes. Um. Uh. I actually don't remember what happens next. We. He's at school the next day. Uh. Or sorry, he's at home the next day, about to take the camera in, and he leaves early. And Sherry, his next door neighbor and friend, who was uh, an accomplice to his murder, uh, is had been spying on him. Saw him sneak out to get the camera. Tries to stop him. And again, Dom. This book loves this bit. They fight because he wants to get to the to the school with the camera, and the camera goes off and takes a picture picture of Sherry. But this time, the picture's not something of the future. It's just a negative of Sherry. Yes, mm-hmm. just a negative image of her screaming or something along those lines. But it's just a reversed image, and that's and that's that, right? And then I believe what happens is Sherry, uh, knowing the power of the camera, uh, realizes that she is doomed to die. Uh, because of the picture that was taken of her, uh, and then con- continues to uh, take the camera and try and murder her friend Greg by taking a picture of him. <laughs> yes, she's like, "I'm not going down alone." They decide to go. She drags him to hell with her, uh, and <laughs> the photo is developed, and it's Greg's face 
mm-hmm. on a body that they say must weigh 400 pounds. Which I don't okay. think <sighs> I don't think these kids know how much people weigh. I, I don't insane. know. There was a lot of weight suggestions being thrown out a, a lot in this book yeah. to the point of I could not believe he was as fat as he says he was. If there's they a point, do they yeah. do make a point to talk about how many chins he has in the photo. That's true. Well, if you did, look at the, I don't remember how many chins does he, do they have a number? Do they say? I don't think they did, but they said they talk they, about they, a number. They of talk chins. about it. Yeah, like like flopping over his over. Okay, his before we get into the fat, I just want to I want to ask. I was thrown by this point in the book because yeah. the book the camera has always been an evil Polaroid, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or okay. a foreboding Polaroid, a foreboding a foreboding Polaroid that yeah. immediately shows you the photo because you need that to work for plot contrivance. Because if every photo required you to go down to the like walgreens photo department it wouldn't make wouldn't work so why suddenly is the camera doing negatives i don't know that was a weird part right like it was just like i don't know it needed to happen and they needed it for the story it it must be it must know that these are the same kids they were like ah these kids again all right i'm gonna change this yeah you know what i think you're right i think the demon camera just was bored and wanted to change. okay so it's like a jumanji thing where it changes form from a polaroid to a uh a a negative camera whatever you'd call that yeah a regular camera yeah a regular camera just to kind of fuck with these kids. Because also when the negative came out, I knew this wasn't going to happen. But my best guess was, oh, the girl's going to change races and it's going to be like a uh, Juana man. <laughs> if or it, she's all- it became like a racial thing, like if they started like dealing with like racial politics in the early 90s, this would have been a brave book and probably would be. This would have been, ver- been a very brave, terrible choice to make. But I was prepared. It would have made this book literature. But that's not what this book is. <laughs> it's not literature. <laughs> this is the thinner moment, though. Yeah, this is the thinner. Yeah. If you follow this story from the end of the first book, yeah, to the end of this book, yeah, you have the plot of thinner. You yeah. killed someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. The magic element in wow. in the murder wow. now turns its curse onto you. Hold on. When did when did thinner come out? I, I also came I haven't out. actually seen Thinner, so that's like a gypsy curse. I it's think a gypsy 96. curse in the movie, right? I think ninety six. Okay. It is ninety six, yeah. And uh it came out as the same year as The Nutty Professor, which won for best makeup. Which also is about a person becoming very fat. Uh-huh. And the person and the same makeup guy did both movies. Uh, also the novel Thinner uh came out in uh nineteen eighty four, so it was out well before this book. So this the the idea of what happens to Greg uh, was floating around out there. Yeah. Wait, wait, Dom, is that a real fact? Did, did the same person do both? I believe so. I believe so. Is, so there was just like a master, uh, a Stan Winston uh, in the 90s of just, I make you fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. I like that, that a lot. That was a little Italian racism there, Jed. Uh, no, I think it was fat. I think it was positive. I think it I'm was. making you fat, huh? I think it was. Is that, is that how you wanted Italian. to say it, Chad? Okay. You Italian. know what? This is a great time for me to bring up an important thing <laughs> that maybe you forgot. <laughs> I need to be the voice of Mario, okay? <laughs> All right. I thought it was progressive for an Italian to be working in the costume makeup effects of the industry, but I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were really pushing boundaries there. Yeah. Oh man! So yeah, so Greg gets thinner, uh, and uh, reverse thinner, and <laughs> and Sherry gets thin. Sherry gets legit thinner by hers. So we don't see the fallout of what's happening to them yet. They go to the school. Um, 
They go to the school with the camera. He tries to show it to Mr. Sauer. Sauer's not there. There's a substitute that day. Sauer was sick. And uh, and Greg has to keep the camera in his in his locker for the night. Basically, they tease you that he's going to try and kill uh, Brian and Donnie, but he doesn't. Um, nothing happens. It's fine. Uh, and the next day, he gets up to go to class again and potentially show Mr. Sauer the camera. But all his clothes don't fit because suddenly Greg is getting chubby, right? Yeah, I could I could relate to this. You wake up and you go, ah, the laundry shrunk, my clothes. Oh, my my pajamas exploded overnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> his mom tries to say that, yeah, that he's his pajamas were just always tiny. He goes to school. Sherry's uh, disgustingly thin. And from here on out, uh, the book just kind of just kind of meanders a little bit. But I found yeah. this whole section to be both uh, terrifying because uh, not not so much with Greg because Greg's just getting chubby and it's kind of funny, right? But Sherry is wasting away, and I was truly worried for her because her her body was becoming so frail that wind was blowing her around. I so yes, I didn't really understand what was going on at this point. Like I I, I didn't see how maybe I misread her her description of her photo. Mm-hmm. But about how she was a negative was anything about her becoming thinner. You know what I mean? Like I don't I know. I don't know how that I don't was know related how, as I don't know how negative equates to thin, but that's a thing, I guess. Okay. So she's wasting away. I guess because she's she was the uh, her picture was the opposite of Greg's, right? Yeah, I guess it's just like I don't even I don't know why it's not just like a a thin skeleton lady, which would have been super creepy in a photo and not at all just like or like the cover that we see where there's literally skeletons around a table why isn't she just a skeleton in oh picture? they could have done that they could have done the skeleton mm-hmm. on the cover that would have mm-hmm. been perfect yes so Ugh. they they ha- they frump around uh dom it's funny you brought up uh like the the camera mechanic right and how it's kind of fun and i agree but there are a lot of points in this book where the tension is entirely centered upon waiting for a photo to develop, which is just below watching grass grow. Like, yes. In, ter- yeah. in terms well, of it's tension. Just a, it's, just a, it's just above watching grass grow. I'm sorry, sure. yes. Yeah, well, I'm, which is, I was going for worse. Grass is a slightly more boring than watching a photo develop. I say. Tension-wise, tension-wise. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where a lot of the tension comes from. And Greg is getting chubbier. People are laughing at him. His parents think that he had an allergic reaction. Yeah, he must have had an allergic <laughs> reaction. But before they even before they even get a look at Greg's new body, yeah, uh, Sherry's skirt falls down That's in between right. classes. That you know, oh. I was and there's that. Greg uh, 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 becoming obese, Greg and uh, uh, shrinking Sherry. Uh-huh. And there's there's a moment where they're staring at her skirt that's around her ankles. Yeah, a girl is in an underage girl is in her underwear in this book. Yes, in public. I I completely just like blacked out reading over that part. I did <laughs> right. not clock that this was a, a a sex criminal book. Like I didn't <laughs> realize. Right. I mean, I mean, like uh, thankfully nobody was there to make it a crime because Greg was also twelve. But still, it's it's a pretty edgy thing to throw. It's in pretty. Your book. It's pretty. It was just weird that they like it didn't just happen like the writer, you know, pulled off to the side of the road and put it in neutral for a few minutes. Right. And that's where it was. That's what made it weird. <laughs> right. If, if, if it had been like, oh, I I'm looking for my friend. 
and I suddenly in the hallway by her locker find all of her all her of her clothes in a pile. Right. And then and then <laughs> she comes around the corner and she's wearing no, let me finish this. And she's wearing like a Doritos bag as a dress because she's now a, a tiny <laughs> borrower size. <laughs> I'd be okay. We're talking with a full. That. We're talking a full size bag of Doritos, not a not like a snack bag, like a not full the size. dollar sure. snack bag. No. We're talking. No, the... I was make, I was thinking a dollar size bag of Doritos. Like she's that small now. Wow. But also, sure, we can we can adjust on how big this bag of chips. I think is. it's a Cool uh, Ranch, a big bag of Cool Ranch, like a family <laughs> size. Either way, she's rifle uh, in my pitch. She is now a tiny person. Yeah. Cool Ranch Doritos. Are binge eaten in thinner? Yes. Oh, that's right. He, we would have brought it all together. He drinks a bag of them in thinner. Yeah, he starts drinking the bag. Uh, Ch- Chad, <laughs> when you were talking about finding that pile of clothes, it reminded me that time we watched uh, the Left Behind movie for a little bit, <laughs> and, a, and a woman was at the mall and she went to go hug her like nephew or something, and he yeah. just turned into clothes that fell onto the ground as he, he turned was into cl- raptured. He turned into clothes. Well, he turned into, to be fair, Dom, he turned into five frames of a cardboard box of where the kid is supposed to be, and then cut again to just the clothes falling because <laughs> it was that, that low budget. Uh, yeah, it that was amazing. It God was, took it, the children naked. Yes, he was like, I'm going to need everybody, and, and I'm, I'm going to not need any clothes, so come on. <laughs> Everyone, I got clothes yeah. for you. We're all wearing the same thing. We're wearing baggy pants and ponchos up here in heaven. Leave your clothes down there. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it's God's a weirdo. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the, uh, Greg continues to get a little wider. Sherry begins to get a little thinner. Dude, and Greg jumps onto a bike and busts both tires. By yeah, he does. He does the <laughs> swing around land. He does the swing. He does the leap and swing land on your bike where you yeah. s- swing your foot over the bike, and he pops both tires. <laughs> he destroyed a bike. Uh, also, at this point, I'm reading that he is like 300, 400 pounds. Yes. They're making him out to be huge at this point, Chad. At some point, yeah. At some point, I don't remember if it was this point or later in the book. Uh, he describes that while he's in class and Dr. Dr. Jesus, he's not a doctor, <laughs> Mr. Sauer is is grilling him. There's a quote where he's like, I couldn't get out of my desk. I must have gained 100 pounds just sitting while I've been in class, which even if he's being uh, hyper hyperbolic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes. nuts. Kids would be losing their minds as he expands. Like there, there would be a situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It would be, it would be, it, you would hear him getting, getting wider in the room. Yeah, you, you, you would, would just hear, hear the skin ripping. You would hear, stretching. you would hear skin stretching and just like the boil of fat cells, like <laughs> growing. <laughs> I, 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 this morning while I was making breakfast, I, I listened to corn grow on uh, NPR. So that's what happened. That's there's a sound, of, there's a sound that corn makes when it grows. Yeah, everything makes a noise, you know. So it's just, uh, you know, this person uh, created this environment to enhance that sound, so we can listen in oh, New York, okay. New York City. Yeah, I had read Dom. Um, I hadn't listened to the NPR story. I had read that corn like silently screams as it grows. Is that true? It was just crackling. It was kind of like it was it like popping, white noise like almost like kind of like popping, sort of like popping into the little kernels that would later pop into. The, I, I'm like, picturing like pop popcorn. rocks in your mouth when you open your mouth after pop rocks. It's like that. It's like that just all the time for corn. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was a little like that. But anyway, he it, it, as he can't get up from his seat, he goes to show Mr. Sour the camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he 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 goes ahead and says, look, I, I stepped on a nail. Or I took a photo of my friend and they stepped on a nail. 
And I took this other photo and this happened. And, you know, Mr. Sauer is just roasting him up there. He's just like, come on. <laughs> Mr. Sauer evilly jokes. Mr. Sauer tells him to not sit down in a chair at one point because he'll break it and tells him to go stand in the class, the corner of the classroom and by the window. And then tells him not to stand in front of the window because he'll block out all of the sun for the rest of the kids in the class. <laughs> that's fu- that's fucking mean. It's that's an evil, mean. it's a real evil that would, joke. That was maybe drawing all over over the line. No, and he makes another joke, and I can't remember what the joke is off the top of my head, but it's even eviler. It's insane. Is it where he just goes, "You're a drain on our government's resources, you you giant ham beast." I think he says, "I do not want to pay for your health insurance later in your life." I think he says that. Too. <laughs> That's, That's right. Yeah, like he I don't want to pay do for your health issues with my taxes. That's what he says. Uh, well, very, very interesting that you that that he does say that later because at this point he calls he he says, you know, I'm going to I give you an A for effort, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you an F. As in fake, yeah. Because he calls his story fake, which yep. is you know kind of similar to those folks who you know maybe, um, uh, what w- you were alluding to right wing policies a moment ago. I can't recall <laughs> what you were talking about, but you know it's like that. It's I don't want to like do that. Medicare for all because <laughs> I don't want to pay for the other people's problems. Is what I'm saying. I don't want to pay for the other people's problem, and whatever bad news is out there, it's fake. And yes. the bad news that. That this story is true and not false, as I originally called it. Um, I don't care. It's still fake. So so even though at this point, Greg should be taken by the government and studied, for yeah. medical examination. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the thing that happens in some Goosebump books where I always love when they get it, let it get crazy. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to either keep it contained or let it go to the next level of nuts. Where it's like the it's like when Monster Blood when the boy became giant it was running through the city yeah right? like uh-huh. that was like, fun. that's awesome yeah but that should then lead to like national news or right. whatever or at right. least like giant monster day where they everybody remembers that that happened <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly exactly like there's something about this where like a boy in what this is like their middle school high school yeah like, they're freshmen at most a, a boy became giant fat over the course of a day would be like we need to at least get a doctor or so uh the et like scientists would show up and take him. yeah they take him to a doctor and the doctor's absolutely uh it's out of his pay grade which is you know insane and he can't handle it he just tells him uh we'll try and figure we'll do some blood tests and he sends him home to to keep ballooning out and uh that's when uh greg and sherry have the great idea to go to terry Greg's brother, who works at the photo place, because they were thinking about t- they think they're thinking about taking more pictures of themselves, but they're afraid that's going to create more problems. They think about tearing the pictures up, but if they do that, they're afraid they'll get physically teared apart, uh, which is uh, a really scary prospect to think about your uh, very existence being torn asunder. Uh, it's a dark and scary demon thought that they a, have. A little, a little Amish influence there, you a know, little, your souls in there. Yes, a little Amish influence. It's very scary. They, they, uh, they. Don't do that. Then they have the great idea to go to Terry, who works at a photo developing place, which is uh, which is uh, Greg's brother, which is Greg's brother Terry. (laughs) He works at the photo the photo place. They take the photos there, and I don't know if this is a real thing that you can do, but uh, they obviously he takes the negative and says, "Can you develop this into a regular photo?" And then he asks if you can have the photo turned into a negative. Can you do that? I don't even know if you. I don't think so. I, I, I think you probably could with modern technology 
Mm-hmm. Um, but what was at the drugstore, you know, right, probably right. did not yeah. did not have that ability. Sure, I'll, could you? Could you? Nowadays, could you could probably scan it, right? You could scan it and then invert the colors on yes. Photoshop. Right. Yeah, now, yeah. I don't think you can like reverse the negative process. Sorry, Don. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. It's just, that's just what happens when you have all these tools and you have like working knowledge of all these tools. Is that when somebody brings up a problem, your brain kind of works through it that way. Because that's what I did. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you could probably scan it. And then you just reverse it in Photoshop and crop it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I don't know. That's just that's just a perk of living in the in today is that like oh, if you, when you come into a problem, you can just think of the solution sometimes, even though you don't have to. I think you can probably do it. I think you can probably make a negative. This seems very it. improbable, but only because I had this very With strong technology back then. I think maybe there was a way. I we need to get a photography expert because he, here's I had a very strong opinion or belief as a kid that the 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 photo development place the pharmacy is just a it's a one one direction route where you take negatives and you get bad five by four four by fives of, of family photos like uh-huh. there's no reverse you can't like go in reverse and take it because here's my dumb question. Uh-huh. And someone who's listening to the podcast, please help, or maybe you guys know. Yeah. Why does a photo take it as a negative? Why? What? What does that mean? Because why is it like that? Because the way the the way a camera works is that it's it's basically letting light in to create right. an image on this paper that reacts to light. You know what I mean? So like it just yeah, opens yeah. for a second and then it closes and then it's got that. You know, and then that, and then you make photos from that. <laughs> you understand how that works, right? Yeah, I understand that part. I was just like, it happens to be a negative first, and then you develop it into light. It's fine. It's I'm I'm getting overly caught up. Did what you, you ever take photo class work? in? Uh, did you did you have like dark room and do the photo I, class in high school? Even in my high school, even by that point, like I know I'm a couple years younger than. Oh you yeah, was, it was like, probably digital at they, that point. They had fade. They had fade phased out all of the developing stuff it was purely like here's a 40 dollars digital camera we got from best buy go take some photos like it all the magic had already been taken away from photography i say i say yeah it's basically because it's letting light in and the chemicals are light sensitive and it's quick you know it's a quick process that like just flashes the 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 scale you know like the base the basic data gets pulled into the film and then you use that to you know, extrapolate out what he, the actual image looks like. Here's my take. Yes. Is I that don't know if you that, can, I don't know if you can reverse it, guys. I, I don't no think idea. you can. Uh, but also the fact that mirrors are like inside cameras, there's like a bunch of mirrors that are flipping the images and stuff. I broke my brain when I thought about it. Uh-huh. Here's my take. Cameras are too complicated. Wait, there's a bunch of mirrors inside. And when you take a selfie of yourself, on the, those mirrors, your selfie screams at each other until it gets to the <laughs> negative. <laughs> that's how the version of yourself is is transported through the mirror. That's how it. Yeah, that's how. Like it's because let's be honest, guys. Cameras are not actually technological devices; they're soul devices that pull your. Yes, soul. As, that's what this book is about. Yeah, they pull your soul through mirrors, and what happens is, D- Chad, like we were talking about earlier, we both installed mirrors yesterday. We created a mirror uh, pathway between. Yeah, we our hung two up homes. mirrors in our apartment, yeah. so now you and I can talk to each other. Mirror portals. Yeah, we have mirror portals. So what happens is, if you scream hard enough into a mirror, a part of your soul will go into that mirror. So that's what of happens course. in when you take a photo is your part of your soul gets pulled in. And like you said, Dom, they need to scream at each other to keep passing each other through the mirrors. It's a very, uh, very taxing and, and honestly, uh, a harrowing process for your soul. Uh, I'm glad we have machines. I'm glad we have machines to do it now. We don't have to. We don't have to scream in the mirrors ourselves. 
I'm glad we now all realized it's way easier to just have a tiny dinosaur in your camera that chisels out the photo and then says yes. it's a living. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I, I just really like any Flintstones joke, you know. It's always good. <laughs> so anyways, they reverse the pictures and with overnight, Greg and Sherry are returned to normal. They're fine. They're, they're no, Sherry's no longer shrinking. Greg is no longer growing. And uh, that's weird. Greg, grow, Sherry, shrink. Weird. Uh, so um, <laughs> that's cool. It's cool that I figured that out right there. Uh, so uh, they they they've saved their lives, right? They've they've figured it out. They've stopped the process. Sure. They've beaten God. They've beaten God. They've beaten the demon that lives within this camera. All is well. The story should end here. If this were a normal, if these were normal children that were not uh, psychopathic murderers, but Greg, in true thinner form is angered by the curse that was put upon him and puts places all of that blame upon Mr. Sauer and says, I'm getting revenge. And he takes the camera to school, walks up to Mr. Sauer, tells Mr. Sauer to turn around and says, say cheese, bitch. And then is about to take, <laughs> about to take the photo. And Mr. Sauer grabs the camera from him and says, why, why don't we have a class photograph? And then That's takes right. the picture of Greg and Doug and not Doug, no, Donnie and Brian and the rest of the class. And we leave there at the end of the story. Who knows what's going to happen to everybody? They have to wait for the photo to develop. Story Is there over. a Say Cheese and Die 3? I don't think so. There's not. No, because it, it ended with all the children in a school dead and the government snatching the camera to use for... For, for warfare. Uh, for war. war crimes. Yeah, for war. Yeah. It's fucked, it's fucked up. up. It's real fucked Here's up. Here's a question. Could you kill the universe? Not, not the, the universe. Could you kill the planet if you took a photo from space? Yes. Yeah, you could. It's 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 the most powerful thing in the Goosebumps That's, world, I would say. Yeah, that you. Wow, you're right. It's the most powerful device in the Goosebumps universe. Because if you took that into outer space, if if Buzz Aldrin flew to space and took a photo of everybody, we'd be fucked. I heard. I heard he did. And yeah. what is that called? Is it was it called Discovery? That project where they put those gold records in that yeah. capsule and shot uh -huh. it out. Oh yeah, it's it's also in Beast Wars. It's also in Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> they find it. They find it in Beast Wars. Yeah, uh, the original Megatron uh, intercepts the Discovery probe and wow. reads the golden disc on it. Cool. That is actually also ingrained with uh, data about a large supply of Energon, which is why mm. Decepticons go there in the first place to Earth. It's kind of a crazy nerdy premise. Sorry, go ahead. I love That's it. okay. I'm glad I know it. Um, I'm I, I'm glad I have this knowledge. Uh, when that that capsule was also capsule. I don't know what it really was. Was yeah. also that that that. That project was also taking photos of the planets, and so uh, on. Uh, the last photo that it took was as it was leaving our solar system. It took a photo of the entire solar system. And you know what happened? Oh. And you know, and you know what that photo had? Uh, Earth on fire in the photo. Yeah, and that's Earth why we're having. Fire. And that's why global. They were like, "Wait, why are there two suns?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I would I would pitch that that say cheese and die. For reals this time, uh -huh. the third book, uh -huh. that's my title I'm pitching, is about a bitter astronaut, maybe Buzz Aldrin, uh -huh. uh, who is sick of flat earthers, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to go up in space with this haunted camera and and wipe the planet. Like, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm, Greg, I'm done with this place. I think Greg, after that photo was taken in that class, uh, realized he had to end it all. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then became, studied very hard, got an A in that class that year. 
studied incredibly hard, became an astronaut, and took the camera within the space and took a photo of our planet. And that's where we. God, what a what a Su- dark what a dark book. Suicide by space, man. That's Suicide what he was trying to do. <laughs> Uh, that's he, the third. He, that's the third book. That's actually book number sixty-three in the Goosebud series. Well, called he, Suicide he, by he Space. He takes a photo of Earth and then a giant nail hits it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. That's a great end. We should wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, uh, author author RL whoever wrote this one, it, you kind of lose all dramatic stakes. If you introduce that the magic curse can easily be reversed by a trip to the Costco photo department. And maybe that's like, why they didn't continue it. Yeah. Yeah. He fi- they solved the they solved the, the problem because obviously whatever's going to happen to them in the photo at the end is going to be fixed. Right. Cause uh, unless a- unless Greg loves what happens, unless Greg just sees like the bullies uh, spontaneously exploding or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. Let it happen. You said uh, whoever wrote this book. I I think this one is a real ghost written one. No, I think this is RL. I feel like this is an RL. You one. think this is RL? Yeah, I think so. Guys, I'm hold on. I'm getting really bad deja vu. Did we read this book already? No. Okay, I have like a hard memory of this exact conversation about a class photo and children dying. It's possible we just talk about this sort of stuff. I think. This, I, I yeah, think I mean, a, the, a, a great portion of this show is children dying. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just upset the only thing that i think is wrong with this book is that greg didn't get one last murder in at the end yeah he was thirsty for it he had he like he realized that the gene the killer gene inside him was real yeah and he wanted to he finally in a last effort to you know shove this in his teacher's face he was gonna you know kill his teacher and he didn't get to i do would it. like for greg to have reversed the photo but in the end, he realizes he misses his mass. Mm-hmm. Like he is, despite him being so chubby and big, he's like, I felt powerful when I was big. <laughs> and and he's like, spends the rest of his life looking for that high again. Yeah. Uh, and, and it leads him down a very dark path. I like that. This book is disturbing when you consider how much of a killer Greg has become. Returning to the scene of the crime, <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to kill again. Mm-hmm. It's it's Head really trauma. A, it's a, it's a sad book it, if you look at it from the perspective of this is like how a serial killer is made. Sure, yeah, this is the start of of a bigger thing yeah. for sure. I my problem with it beyond multiple other things is uh-huh. it's not really about a haunted camera. It's like it's about a teacher. It's about a teacher and a boy becoming fat. Like it's a lot uh-huh. of. Oh no, I'm getting fat. I can't push the buttons because my fingers are too chubby. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's there's not a lot of like, uh, I don't know. It's like the premise of the the book is gone. I just thought it was a missed opportunity for Mr. Sour to call Greg a big fat liar, starring Frankie Muniz <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I will say I'm disappointed that none of us watched the episode of this because I would have loved to have seen how they handled oh, the, the fat no. scenes. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about I wonder, that. I wonder how much they changed it. I would love to know. I think I was looking at it really quickly on the uh, wiki, the uh, wiki page, the Goosebumps wiki, uh, and they were there was a fat suit involved in the episode. There's photos of it. Wow. Wow. I think we'll have to maybe watch this that on would, another episode. Yeah, that would be a nice follow-up episode because I would really like to see how they handled the fat suit and the skinniness. And uh, the murder, and the, the the fact that they murdered someone again. Oh man, I hope they got the guy from from you know Nutty Professor and and Thinner to do the makeup for it. 
Oh my god. They had yeah. to. They had to. They, had a, that... they, they flew him to Canada. They were like, we need you. That guy was on fire at that point. We, you... we need you to make this boy as fat as you can. Get up here. Again, the 90s with the ridiculing of, of hefty people, uh, that that guy was making a lot of money for special effects. <laughs> uh, he was living He was living big. He was living big large, in the 90s. You know? Well, uh, how many bumps do you give it? Okay, out of 10 bumps, I'm going to give this one... Uh, I'm gonna give this one uh, an F, an F bumps. Wow, is that a so? Is that a um? How big of an F is this? Like a no, you know what? Five out of ten bumps. I, you know what? I'm like I want to give it an F because there were a lot, there was a lot of silly stuff in it. But at the same time, compared to some of the worst worst Goosebumps books that we've read, this one wasn't that bad, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Things happen. Things are set up. Things happen. It doesn't really dilly dally. No, and the goofball part where they're like gaining weight and losing weight is kind of like really like there's some like scary but funny imagery like when he walks in and he finds her like curled up in the corner just being like hello greg and she's just like super skinny from from the uh, curse that's upon her there's some kind of funny stuff it's kind of scary and funny at the same time because it's so ridiculous i'm gonna give it a seven i'm gonna give it a seven bump out of ten you know, it's funny. You guys are like, I came out of this going like, before we start recording, this is like a three or four out of 10 bumps for me. But you guys have- Have we moved it? Kind of convinced me to bump it up a little bit. Bump it up. Just, Add some bumps to this one. I, I think the the fat hate is stupid and not at all what the premise of the book should have been. It should have just been called a book called like, I get I get fat or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, I, but I could see- the body horror of that, plus the stepping on a nail, plus a person shrinking. I could see that lingering with a child reading this longer than most other books. So I guess that the outline of this book gets a seven out of ten. The book itself gets a four. I'm out of giving 10, this. I'm giving this a nine out of ten. You just you just convinced me to change it. It's almost a perfect oh response my because God, I'm changing because it. I'm uh, changing it. Nine out of I, ten because it's visionary. It predated body horror before body horror was the big thing. It it's. Officially, this one is a 9 out of 10. I'm pretty certain that um, Videodrome came out before this book. No, 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 no. I'm say- I know that there were body horror. <laughs> I know that I know The Fly and, and all that stuff came out before this book. What I'm saying is before it became popular among mainstream audiences, a la in Saw. I see. A la Thinner, The Nutty Professor. Yes. That's when body horror started to become a mainstream thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I-, I would say, depending... Ha- I think RL just hates... Uh, overweight people. I think Arl was a skinny kid mm-hmm. and he, he was malnourished because he his parents probably gave him like veggies or something all the time, like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is my just guess. And he just didn't relate to overweight kids and he wrote this mean book and I think he should be ashamed of himself. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. fair. That's my stance. I think I think he wrote a mean book too. <laughs> yeah. He he punched down instead of punching up, which we've been talking about yeah, right. before the podcast. You're right. We're punching up. So are you guys going to have a little mirror portal conversation later this week? Yeah. Chad, do you want to go meet in the mirror real quick? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, please. Uh, I'm going to be in the mirror. Yeah, it's going to be in the mirror. Um, if I happen to not be wearing clothes, it's that I didn't mean to call you at Paul and I'm getting changed for our conversation. I am not trying to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a mirror you. malfunction. Um, yeah. Oh, just when God, it's like when you leave your FaceTime on when you don't mean to and you accidentally just like show your show your balls to your aunt. Oh, that's like the that worst. That's the worst. I mean, I know for me personally that before I get dressed before any conversation with someone, I scream at my body in the mirror to prepare myself uh, to get Why my Why are you beautiful? Up. 
Yeah, <laughs> don't let me down again. Yeah. And you just yell at yeah. it, and then all the muscles kind of That's going to confuse the mirror, though, because the mirror is going to expect the screaming to be uh, us calling each other. So we'll have to work out some kinks in this, Chad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think this has been a, a goosebuds. It's been guys. a bump. I think it has. This has been a nice return to form for us. But if you haven't checked out the feed recently, uh, we've been doing some other uh, cool stuff we've been trying out. Uh, before this episode on your feed, you'll see something called Goosebuds RPG, which uh, we all think you should check out. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, uh, I, I think I, you're going to have a fun time. You may say... Oh, you know, this isn't what I really listen to the show for, but I think you'll have fun with us if we uh, you just hang out. Our Patreon people, our Patreon Discord people were talking about it earlier today or yesterday and talking about how uh, the three of us in that RPG basically embody the shithead kids that we read about every single week. Uh, and it, we perfectly embody them, and we're the perfect shithead kids for a Goosebumps book. So I think it's exactly we're, we're really what you're bringing our frustration after having to, having read what thirty to forty of these books at least, yeah. maybe fifty. More, I lost yeah. count. I mean, we, uh, we, we we the the energy, the anger against parents uh, really put a target on dad's back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rest, uh, our poor lovable dad. Rip dad. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to Goosebuds RPG issues zero, one, and two. Uh, it's a wonderful tabletop experience to play with our beloved editor and friend and game developer, Kevin. Yes. Cole. And uh, and, before, and before that, we had a great guest on. We had an episode with uh, Elspeth. Elspeth Eastman. Yeah, she's great. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation. And yeah, it's been great. I don't know. Why would you listen to this episode and not those ones? Go back and listen to them, you wacky kid. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, if you want to support the show, there's a couple ways to do that. First of all, you can go on iTunes. Yeah, you have to pull up that application you probably haven't used in months and leave us a review on iTunes on the podcast page. Uh, it really helps us get exposure to new listeners. And we like hearing from you. Uh, boys, you got any new reviews for us? Yeah, I got one here from Ginger Snap James. James says, uncharacteristically entertaining. Because typically uh, we are not entertaining. I was recommended this podcast <laughs> by my brother. And just by looking at the name, I was not surprised to find out that the majority of the hour-long podcast was just three nerds talking about their weird childhoods for 50 minutes and then remembering that they also have to talk about Goosebumps in the last 10 minutes. And honestly, it's grown on me. Five out of five, better than you'd think. The I'm going to go ahead and challenge this review while it is positive and nice. Yeah. Um, we don't really do that. I mean, obviously, we go on tangents. I've We talk about whatever we want. But I would say at least half of the show is always about Goosebumps books. And and as this reviewer <laughs> as this reviewer has said, as James has said, uh, we may tangent in the beginning. But I would argue that when we tangent in the beginning, we almost always bring those tangents back into our discussion of the book. That's right. And they're usually strangely appropriate for the book. Yes. I think we stay more on task with what's going on on the episodes than the books do with their own premise. Damn. Fucking damn, he got him. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's Chad. true. Yes. Um, okay. This next review is from Just Gary. The title is Goosebumps Wiki, the Goosebumps Listener. General information. <laughs> uh, uh they've, they've made this a wiki, so I'll it, just read it. Yeah. Alignment mm -hmm. neutral, status undead, feels most alive when listening to Goosebuds. History. About six months ago, the Goosebuds listener was bored at work and searching for new podcasts when something caught his eye. 
it was the capital G in that slime green color and the bumpy, oozing, seemingly alive font that he remembered from all those years ago. He devoured one hilarious episode after another, building up his life energy by learning about Spider-Man and Elsa videos, the best Earth, Wind, and Fire non-compilation album, <laughs> and that uniquely special relationship between a man and his <laughs> prize butthole pumpkin. I don't that remember that. sounds very familiar. <laughs> I don't remember. Don't remember that. <laughs> The Goosebump Slipper listener was happy and fulfilled until one day when, upon discovering that he had listened to all 63 episodes in existence, he let out an, an, an anguished wail and was consumed in a blindingly bright and somehow sour-tasting <laughs> flash of light. Today, the Goosebumps listener spirit roams the earth, hungry and devoid of purpose except for listening to future Goosebuds. Uh, Goosebuds is listening to future Goosebuds. It is only satisfied once every full moon or so when Dom, Paul, and Chad put out a knife, a, a knife, a new life sustaining <laughs> episode. Some say the Goosebuds listener still haunts the Goosebumps wiki, and of course, Camp Goosebuds, where his ghostly wail still can be heard occasionally. Uh, can still occasionally be heard when the boys haven't posted in a while. Five stars would listen, become addicted, and turn into a ghoulish, hungry ghost again. That is incredibly nice that Just Garrett mm-hmm. would say that they were willing to be turned into a ghoulish, hungry ghost over and over again for us. That's yes. really sweet. That's very nice. Thank you. Thank you, Just thank Garrett. You very much. If this really is Just Garrett, then I want to say thank you to Garrett. But it's, pro- it's, it's, could <laughs> be, it's about, it could be. If it's more people than that, I'm not saying thank you. If it's more than one Garrett, I don't want to talk to them. Um, <laughs> I will not talk to hey, a group of Garretts, ever. Uh, how about if you want to support the show in another way? Yeah, let's you hear go, it. You go to patreon.com slash goosebuds. Enter your credit card information and press send. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been easier uh, to have a robot send us your money every month. You You get access to a bunch of cool stuff. Like uh, bonus episodes, our show Camp Goosebuds. You get to vote on which book we read next, like the people who chose us reading this one. Thank you very much for picking this book for us. Uh, you get to hang out in our cool Discord. Really, really nice folks. I love our little Goosebuds Patreon family. Yeah. They're really cool uh, folks. The comments are always great, and the Discord always has some fun conversation going on in it. And they're always yes, talking Discord about- Discord the app, not Discord the feeling. Yes, there's no- Oh, yes, thank you. There is no honest- like emotional discord amongst our people no, on our patreon no. that's not that that's patreon.com slash goosebuds we appreciate all your support on there as well uh guys also email us goosebuds at gmail.com i think that's our email yes and if you're yes. gonna be li- if you're going to be joining our patreon and getting our monthly hangout podcast where we talk about whatever you want us to talk about we're doing a mailbag episode send us your mail and we'll talk about it on camp goosebuds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, anything else? No, I want to get out of here. I want to say <laughs> hey, visit comf- I want. I just want to say visit comfyjunior.com and buy my stuff. I recently added uh, some Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, uh, Temple of Doom trading cards that I found sealed, gum intact. Ooh. Okay, so come on by. It's a, it's you're gonna be like I want Dom stuff, but I also want these cards for cheap. I'm gonna get them. You know you want to bite into that piece of gum and have it shatter into a thousand pieces of shard-like crystal gum into your mouth, which yes. is what happens with that old gum. It's awesome. We're talking nearly 40 years, this gum is. 40-year-old. I love, I love that 
do you have those? Because I heard that Harrison Ford, when they were printing them, licked every single uh, gum card as a special treat to all of his fans. So you can get that. It's like yeah. kissing. It's like kissing Harrison. That's what. Oh, that's what that gum is like. It's kissing Harrison. Only it's you and Callista Flockhart will have that pleasure of kissing Harrison Ford. It's beautiful. I want you to have a good day. Yes, I have a. Hey, I have to go uh, kill people with a demon camera now, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> Paul, I'll see you in the mirror. Uh, Dom, get a mirror installed, and you can join us for a three-way mirror. Join our yeah. Portal. Well, we, yeah, I have to have you guys reinstall your mirrors when I'm in re- reinstalling my mirror, so that they're all synced. That's true. To get oh, on the right, right. spiritual we'll wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll work on it. Thinner guys. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thinner <laughs> later. Love you all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds was brought to you by our beautiful Patreon supporters. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash goosebuds. We'd like to thank Jack Grimes, David Gray, Stephen Day, Jacob the Rough-Handed, Chad Floyd, Kate and Franklin, Jeremy Bowser, Caleb Troy, Kale Clinton, Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara, baby, Adam Morocco, Jack Grimes, Hollis Hornbeak, Fred Atkins, Nathan Dolezal, Sadie Kitson, Arachnid Delight, David Cron, Chris Birch, Dapio, SNES Chalmers, Alan G. Jusum, Mickey C., Michael McDowell, Clayton C., Buddy Morrill, Mike Lanteri, David Gray, Just Garrett, Nick Hinkle, Joshua P. Robertson, Cameron Murphy Audio, Buffcat, Stinklitch, Jim Greaves, French Onion Supine, Jared Mason, Dylan McCann, Nick Johnson, Martin A. Masias, Natu Pearl Henderson, Joshua, thanks for the anti-hiccup technique, Chad Lopez, Jubs, my man Zankeef, Sean Minogue, Video Ghost, Afshin, Danky McStanky, Bean Father Spookman, Kate and Franklin, please let me go home. I don't want to read names anymore. Jennifer Britton, Stephen Ghost Kisser Daniels, Victor. Yoplin. Not that kind of Chad. Brandon Rowdenbush. Aaron T. Strunk. Dango Twist. Jonas Blotterman. Brian Wells. Guys, I think I've come down with a case of the Zentacles. Drew Applegate. Chris Culver. Kramer. Michael Knight. Aaron, watching you sleep, Dom. Cole. Hey, uh, Beckham McWilliams. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Scott Colopy. Turtlemancer. Trans Rights. Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott. Robert Moon. Patrick Reynolds. Paul Grasso. Walter Frazier. Third Sergio. Jason Crooker. Taylor Dierks. Miguel Pardo. Chad was a football star. Just a pretty good dog overall. Alistair Perez. Trent Davis. Christina Doling. Clay Castle. Calf. Cody Redfield. Matt the Half-Court Warlock Bachelor. Randy Hernandez. Trendy Moron. Maddie. Shoon. Ishak Arafin. Connor Church. Matthew. The End of the World, Part 1. Vincent Modica. 
Gabe Chavez. Reinfected. The Puerto Rican Dream. Sniggenson Van Pickens. Tyler Penner. Luke Canoodles. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. James Roy. Sam Bambino. Macajello. Ryan Melfi. Chosen One. Gregory D. Warren. Jin K. Bradford Coulter. Jonas Eggman. Rich Hillborn. Aiden Alexander Dice. Dylan Vaughn. Thuthless Barry the Whistler Bostowitz. Dan Henshaw. Joshua Jacob Witz. Justin Wagman. Ryan Shell. Jake Young. Leviathan. Cardboard Walk. Richard B. Sharton. Tommy, no point in crying over spilled beans, hoey. Goblin Library. Divaldi. Pre-Bricky. Rug. Up and Champ. Eric LeBaron. Nathan Remick. Alicia Grafe. Solezo. Anthony Kuwabara. Malicious. Carl Kleinsasser. Senpai Gods. Brock Graff. Yanni Markovina. Hugh Bolin. Joe. Elusive Koala. Reed Stubendiek. Jessica Zeibel. Blake Alvarez. Joey Evans. Paul's regular sock, question mark. Paul's butt. It's a magfest thing. Bony. Brooke X. Carewise Gamgee. Boss Skeleton. Christian Van Skyver. Corey Shelley. Joe. Jesus Christ. Low Belly. Hate me. <laughs> Cameron Hansen. Jeremy Lowe. Zach Connor. Rocky Raccoon. Swaggy 2 Electric Boogaloo. Adam Norton. Anxious Serve. Jake H. Avery Whitney. Christopher Dunn. Valhalla Black. Generally depressing. Etono Moore. Foolish for Deborah. Jordan Lockwood. Rex Ronan, Experimental Surgeon. Emma B. Drinking Blue Icy. Patreon Donator, yo. Yeah. Chase Neiman. Joe Tierney. Ryan Kite. Lady Stoy Weaver. Carter Glass. Tom Whitham. Will Vanderslice. Noah August. Boss Garretson. Moo the Mage. A Pair of Scots. Danger Tits. Llama Consultant. Dan. Chris Pittman. Nicholas Johnson. Dylan Eads. Oh, that really wets my bread. Soup. Experimental. Lord Cornwallis. Goon Cahoots. Goose Time. Andrew the Jadsy Devil. Ryan Stewart. Cardamom Birkinbino. I love it. Wonder Pat. Andrew Evans. Alex the Sheba. Calamity Carl. Jonas Anna Voldson. Elizabeth Steenweg. That is happy apple boy. <laughs> <laughs> Alan G. Jasome. Jimmy So. Nick Johnson. Nathan Whitmore. Caleb Troy. Arachnid Delight. Just Garrett. Stinklich. Video Ghost. And Stephen Day. Thank you, everybody, for another month of support. We couldn't make the show without you. Seriously, you guys are great. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye.